Also the editor of the webazine Nashville Insider, and all that's held together by his company Nashville Media Group. Are you sensing the theme here? He's also a frequent figure backstage at the Grand Ole Opry, and no, I have no idea whatsoever how or why a guy like this would not only agree to come on a, a piddly show like mine, but to actually drive to my house in Murfreesboro, sit down in person across the table with me, in the internet broadcasting tower with only a bowl of pork rinds separating us. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Bill Lord. Well, good afternoon, Bill. I'm mighty glad to be here with you today. It's great to be on your show. And I, I tell you, I am really excited about uh, particularly internet shows that feature independent country music. It's uh, There's not a lot of outlet for those folks out in the mainstream media and the terrestrial radio stations these days, and it's just wonderful to work with a, a fellow broadcaster that appreciates and understands independent country music. And it's really nice to actually have somebody on a country show with a southern accent. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from uh, South Georgia, so it's I got a pretty good draw, really. Yeah, yeah, you do, and and unlike me, see, I'm not I'm not believable. With I, I grew up in Indiana and then spent over 20 years in California, so so not much of that yeah. going on. But, I get it, I get it, but that's okay. We're all we're all brothers in the spirit. You, yeah, all you got to do is like the music, I guess. So. That's exactly right. That's okay. exactly right. Now, I guess my first question here is, with as many accolades as you have, as many you know fingers in different pies as you've got going on, um, you know, uh, I'm barely north of 300 listeners. Oh, by the way, I did a little digging into my combined stats for the show, compiling every outlet the show's on, and uh, recently came up with the ballpark listenership figure that I'm probably right around 300 listeners or just above. And um, now you focus heavily on the history of Nashville and pretty much all things Nashville. Is that correct? All things Nashville. And uh, our, uh, our magazine, our e-zine as you call it, and that's exactly what it is, uh, is actually, uh, and this is a tricky little name, and I, and I say it wrong often, but it is actually the Nash Vegas Insider. Oh, I'm sorry about no, that. No, that. quite all right. Listen, it's easy to confuse, but that's uh, that's the actual name of it. So it's NashVegasInsider.com. Our company is the Nash Vegas Media Group, and then we also have the BurrowInsider.com, and we have a side uh, a site coming up very very soon. It's partially built right now, called the Tennessee Peddler, and uh, it's a it's a site where you can go buy all things Tennessee. Nice. So Is that like, like hats and glasses and oh, anything yeah. with uh, the barbecue sauce, uh, jewelry? We're working on an affiliation deal with the Titans right now, so you'll be able to get official Titans gear hopefully there very soon. Well, I've got someone I want you to talk to, and that that would be my wife. She makes hand stamped silver pendant jewelry. Oh, wonderful! Absolutely, yes, sir. That's she, the kind of stuff we love. Yeah, and, and she makes it actually 
downstairs in our bedroom while uh, while I have earplugs in. <laughs> she has these big hammers, and yeah. she just n- n- blasts the hell out of well, these things. See, you just never know when those connections are going to come, and that's exactly the type of things we have. We we want them to be uh, totally authentic Tennessee. The Titan stuff, of course, is are, are things that are about Tennessee, but not made in Tennessee, but the great majority of our products. And one of our main requirements, typically, is that it be handmade in Tennessee. Really? Yes. Wow, that's great because she she also does uh, picture planks, but we'll get into right. that later. Yeah, I, sounds good. I don't I don't want to sit here and plug my wife the whole show. No, no problem. Ropes. <laughs> now, would you consider yourself a a country music historian of I sorts? Think, I think so. Yeah, I've been around country music all my life. I've worked with a, a lot of the artists in country music. I have had the wonderful pleasure of uh, knowing and. Uh, meeting and enjoying the the company of a lot of the great, uh, particularly great classic country artists over time. As you said, I've spent a lot of time at the Opry and a lot of time. My office was on Music Row for uh, quite a few years, and I, I think I'm a country music historian. But I don't know everything. I find I hear stuff all the time. I don't know, but I know I know a lot. I know a lot. Somebody said you know everything. I said no. I just think I do. So. <laughs> okay. Now, I think one of the more interesting things I learned about Nashville by reading your work on uh, the Nash, the Nash Vegas, Vegas inside, yeah, is that uh, back in 1925 when WSM, the flagship station of the Opry, began. What they refer to as what they did refer to at the time as the old money in Nashville, which I guess was from the Civil War era that around then, um, really frowned upon catering to the hillbilly element, for lack of a better term. Now, considering Nashville to be sort of uh, the Athens of the South, now, I would assume they were comparing Nashville to Athens, Greece, not Athens, Georgia, because <laughs> yeah, certainly REM certainly. had hadn't formed yet. That's right. Okay, since that time is so important to uh, the foundation of the country music industry that we know and love slash hate today, well, what can you tell us about that time and sort of the musical and cultural landscape in place? Well, I mean, you did you hit it actually right on the nail head. And what was going on in Nashville in 1925, and it was called the Athens of the South, and you may even know the Parthenon is out there because they had the... Uh, uh, Cultural Expo out there, the National Cultural Expo, and they, they built the Parthenon. The building that's out there now is new. The one they originally built was built out of plywood and plaster and all sorts of things. Oh, that's not then, the original. No, it's not. And then they came back and they built it into a more permanent structure because when they were going to tear it down, there, there was a whole uh, just mirage of buildings out there. It was unbelievable the different buildings they built for that expo that year. And similar to the World's Fair. So it was a huge event out there. Uh, and that was the reason they did that. So it was the Parthenon because they called the Athens of the South. The old money here, which came from stockyard money, largely. Uh, the Cumberland River was a, uh, a main through affair for the stockyard going to the Midwest and coming from the Midwest back to the East Coast. So it's a wonderful place. And the stockyard restaurant is actually in the location of one of the old stockyard uh, buildings down there. That's why they call it the stockyard. Uh, so there was a lot of old money here and also insurance companies. Uh, that was the big, big deal, of course, was that insurance, and insurance is still a big business in the city of Nashville, as is banking. A lot of old banking money here, too. Uh, the Gersts had uh, the original beer uh, manufacturing for the Gerst beer back in those days, and the Gerst beer is no longer nationally distributed like it was then, but at that time it was one of the big brands on the East Coast, and particularly in the South. So a lot of this old, stable money. So when they started 
when WSM came on the air. Um, and, of course, they didn't originally come on with hillbilly music. They originally came on with operatic music uh, and classical music. Uh, and the, the the whole the, the whole Opry thing is started where, by accident. Is that where the the term Opry came from? Yeah, actually, hillbillies trying yeah, to say opera. Well, no, I can actually tell you the exact story of that. So, what happened was they had been playing uh, the Grand Opera and things of that nature, right? And they had uh, this whole setup ready to go, uh, and they didn't show up. The act didn't show up, and it was like a trio with a piano player and you know the bass and a violinist. And the only one that showed up was this one girl, and uh, George Hay, George D. Hay was the manager of the opera that time, and, and the girl said, well, my uncle brought me over here, and he plays the fiddle a little. Maybe he could fill in. So, in fact, said, do you think he could do an hour? Uh, his name was Uncle Jimmy Thompson. And Jimmy Thompson came up, and they said, uh, could you do an hour? He said, I can warm up for an hour. And because uh, he, he was reported to have known thousands of uh, old fiddle songs. And so he started off playing the fiddle, and it, it got such great response that uh, they actually started putting on that format. It wasn't until 1927 that the Opry name came to be, though. Uh, one night after the performance of the Grand Opera, this uh, barn dance they used to call it, the WSM barn dance, came on the air. And uh, George D. Hayes said, You've been listening to the Grand Opera, and now you're going to hear the Grand Ole Opry. And that's how it began, and that's the name, and it's stuck ever since. Wow. <laughs> I never knew. Well, you you heard it here, folks. Uh, we're Lots of history, and we're sitting here with uh, a country music historian and all-around uh, Nashville media specialist, Bill Lord. And we're going to get into our first song here on episode 115 of Under Country Music. This is Eagle River Highway with their song, Simple Way. You're hanging out on Under Country Music, episode 115 with Neil Smith and Bill Lord.
turkey, deer, and squirrels. There's a couple of red birds, must be feeding time. Planted corn and tomatoes, nothing better in homegrown, buddy. Got some walnuts and pecans growing over by the line. Surfing on the internet Instead of playing outside I think they're missing out On the best years of their lives We gotta get back To the basics, hun It wasn't so bad The way things were When I was young but we got along just fine We need to go back To a simple way Check that out. Uh, that uh, that sound like stuff you hear on on the mainstream radio these days? No, it's uh, that's different, and that's what I love about independent country music. Is you've got folks that are still uh, allowed to be artists out there, and they get to have that creative license and do what uh, feels good to them and make music uh, the way that uh, we used to make it. And that's that's how music used to be made. I mean, artists controlled the music largely. Uh, and nowadays, unfortunately, uh, radio, uh, that uh, mainstream radio, and not to beat up on terrestrial radio because I love all country music, but terrestrial radio, mainstream corporate America is controlling our music, and, and that's why it all sounds like. That's why everything sounds the same. That's why we got a, bu- a lot of songs about pickup trucks and beer and girls. Yep, and, uh, you know, I, I actually uh, pound that hammer here on the show a whole lot myself. But there, there's the other side, though. With the internet and everything, artists have more outlets to be original than they ever had. And, and uh, those who really get creative with it can actually make their original music and make a living on it, uh, doing it. They just, have to, they just have to be creative and think outside the box a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with that. And they've got, they do have more outlets than, than they've ever had. 
to be out there because actually now the one thing that uh, the major labels were always able to hold over uh, artists in the uh, in the times past was distribution because everything banked on the ability to, to distribute hard product to get a CD or in the days of of uh, pressed vinyl out there. They had to get that product out and they had to also get it into those major uh, retailers' hands, uh, particularly as the big box stores came online, uh, Even, but even in the days of mom and pops. and uh, So they always kind of lorded that distribution over artists, but now artists have complete control. They can distribute themselves. It's as easy as click submit, 99 cents and download, right? Exactly, and, and you know, a lot of people, you know, wax nostalgic about being able to hold something physical in their hands. Uh, but I would say probably one of the great things about the Internet is that even though you don't have something to hold in your hand, you don't have a physical product, and that had its, its appeal, but now it's gone back to being about the music itself right. in, in a lot of ways, which I think was great. Now, moving along, um, now you being a, a regular backstage at the Opry, and, and you can tell us about why, you know, why you're back there too but i can you tell us a little bit about what the atmosphere is like backstage at the opry for those of us who maybe have only had the privilege of seeing the show or maybe have never seen the show and and also especially uh explain the shake and howdy yeah the shake and howdy that's uh the shake and howdy is what everybody calls it back there because that's about pretty much all you have time to do and the artists will always say you know let's Given the old shake and howdy, that's meeting and greeting basically. Whether they're doing it with the uh, the fans or they're doing it with media folks, they're backstage. Now the backstage environment has changed a lot, uh, like a lot of things have in Nashville over the last really ten years. Uh, nowadays, it's a little more controlled and it's a little bit more defined back there, and folks are a little bit more to themselves, and you got a lot more closed dressing room doors. Uh, up until about 10 years ago that you'd go backstage at the opera and everybody was just standing in the wings or standing backstage, standing in the hallways. All the dressing room doors were open and it didn't matter who it was. I mean, it was the biggest artist to the smallest artist. Uh, they just mingled and they did the shake and howdy a lot. A lot of how you doing and shaking hands and patting folks on the back. A lot of uh, uh, fans came through, so uh, it was it was uh, pretty easy if you knew somebody to get backstage to the opera if you had a little input somewhere. Uh, in the music industry in Nashville, you could get backstage. So uh, there was a lot of that going on, a lot of meeting and greeting. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It's a, it's not quite that way anymore. It's still some, still some of it, but not as much as it used to be. Oh, well, it's sad to hear that that's changed the way it has, but that's uh, that's the times. But uh, now you do a, a couple of different radio broadcasts. Are there are they strictly Internet or are they also over terrestrial radio? No, they're, they're Internet. Uh, driven and uh, the station that I broadcast through is in Ireland. Um, it, it originates in Ireland. Of course, I do my shows live from my studio. Uh, and that was uh, the, the next question I was going to ask: is if you go into uh, into a facility or if you have your own facility and your have, own. Setup. I have a studio yet at home that I work out of there. So um, that's well, maybe someday you'll graduate up to this level right yeah, here. Maybe I'm, I'm for those of you who can't see us, we just got two mics on a stand on a plastic table, a little Behringer mixer, going into a MacBook. There is no, uh, this is all it takes. This is not much different than my, than my setup. 
Uh, I am working off of a, of a tower PC. I'm not using a MacBook. I'm using a regular PC, and I, I do have two set up and some different things going on, but it's, it's exactly the same thing, and I'm using a Behringer mixer uh, just like that and a couple of mics, and, you know, we're going straight in line to, uh, in my case, straight to the stream. When I log in, I, I actually log straight into the server. Uh, I do my shows live most of the time. Occasionally, I keep a couple of them in the can recorded, and so occasionally if something happens and I can't be there, I've got an event to go to, something's happened, uh, or I'm sick, which is very, very rare, uh, then I will uh, send up, uh, upload a show they can play. But typically, I do them live, and I like to do that. I like it that way. Yeah, I, I can't do this show live, and there's a very good reason. These, these damn banjo players that we've got playing behind yeah. us right now, every once in a while, you know, it's almost for sure that one of them is going to flake. Mm-hmm. And I've got to go find a, a replacement banjo picker. I understand and, how that is. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's one of the, the, you know, it's one of the millstones in my backpack doing the undercountry music every week here. So, so, well, uh, so I, with the webzine and the broadcast and this company that you run, um, well, I guess what, before we get into our next segment here, the one thing I, I really want to know is how do you manage to do all this stuff? I mean, between my being an event DJ and just putting this show, this one-hour little peddly show together every single week, I have a tough time visualizing myself doing more as much as I'd like to. Uh, I mean, how how do you do so much i mean do you have people that help you do you do a lot of delegating teach me bill lord kenobi well we do have we do have a group it's not just me uh my wife chris crosby lord is a is a fabulous photographer and also writes very well so that she does some writing for the the uh, websites as well as does most of the photography for the websites Uh, my other partner t david taylor is a fabulous writer uh, good administrator, and uh, we split those duties up, going to events and doing different things that we do. Uh, we all handle the writing. I have also some contributing writers. Obviously, we pull our sites up, so some of the stuff we direct feed in, like uh, on the Nash Vegas site, uh, local news is fed directly from uh, News 2, TV 2, uh, on the front page of our site. And then on the country music page of our site, I've got country music news that's direct fed by, from CMT. Uh, so then we so some of that stuff is pulled up directly, uh, but we do write uh, personally on on most of those things. The show uh, radio shows uh, I do have some help with. Uh, uh, David Taylor will uh, help produce those shows and help write in the background for me for those. But as far as just doing them, it's just like you. It's pretty much a one man deal. So when I get ready to sit down and produce the show, uh, I sit down and produce it. Uh, so that takes some time, and then I still produce a record now and then. Uh, I don't take as many of those projects as I used to, and I only take projects I really, really like. So I get called a good bit, but I only take projects in the studio that I can be artistic on and that I like, and that I like the, what they're doing. And it has to be different. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to produce about, as we said before, pickup trucks and drinking beer and and girls in hot pants. That just doesn't do anything for me. So I like things. Drop a tailgate. Cool yeah. Yeah, so I, I do uh, a record project occasionally, so I'm, I'm always open to listen to something like that. But. Well, awesome. Well, you know what? Uh, I think we're getting to the point of our show where it's time to get into the... Undercountry Music News, 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 News. <laughs> Bill, have you ever listened to this show before? I already know the answer to that. 
Uh, I haven't. You sent me a link, but I just haven't had a chance. But I do want to listen to it. Well, it sounds cool. Well, no, I, 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 the reason I knew you didn't listen to it is because if you did, there's no way you'd come over here to do the show with me. Oh, sure I would have, yeah. <laughs> if I had of though, I would have known that there were four newses in there. No, no, that's okay. It just, and the reason is because um, the Undercountry Music News is something I do every single week here. And what I do is I type the search term country music news into Google and whatever shows up on the front page of Google, whatever websites show up, mm-hmm. I go down them in order. And, you know, when I started doing this a little over a year ago, I noticed one thing and I go onto these websites and that on their news pages, they almost never have any news. It's right. most mostly press releases and mm-hmm. and BS like you know Taylor Swift's favorite dental floss or something right. like that, right. you know, or you know things like that. But so what I do instead is I go to each of these, I try to find the one or two actual news stories every single week, and I compile them all together from the different ones, and I try to then bring forth the actual week in country music news right. to the listeners of Under Country Music. Wonderful. And there, there is a part and uh, that I normally do, but we're not going to do it this week. And the reason is, um, normally, whenever I get to one of these sites and they don't have any news, period, nothing that I can report, Right. I reward one horrible website with the Undercountry Music News wet belch of the week, mm-hmm. where I, I belch on the show. But... This week, you're, you're, you lucked out because I found something worth bringing to the listeners on every, every single uh, place I went to. Okay. So, so, therefore, I don't have a gimmick this week. Good. Well, I, except for one thing. You see that we have a bowl of uh, pork. I do see that. The yeah. pork rinds. So, I was thinking that perhaps we could do the very first story with a pork rind in our cheeks. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> I will. All right. Starting over at GAC, the Country Music Hall of Fame announces it will be inducting Ronnie Ronnie Millsap this year, and his bronze plaque will be added under the legendary rotunda. Now, Bill, you tell me, how the hell was Ronnie Millsap not already in the Country Music Hall of Fame? Ronnie wonders that himself, and as a matter of fact, one of the things he said last week was, Hey, just how hard it was to get in the Country Music Hall of Fame, and he'd been nominated several times before, but just finally inducted. But, you know, last year, the, my good friend uh, Cowboy Jack Clement was inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame, and, of course, he, it was done posthumously because he had died a few months earlier. And he's one of the, I mean, the icons of all music Nashville, period. Bar none, he wrote 17 number one songs. He produced endless tracks on folks that just that you can't even imagine the uh, the amount of influence he had on country music Nashville. And it took him till he, he was gone before he got in the country music hall of fame. So I, that's why. Stuff. It, uh, I apparently so. Now, also over at GAC this week, they have Crystal Keith in the kitchen back with her recipe for Italian meatloaf with creamy tomato sauce. And you should see the pictures of this meatloaf being made. I mean, that's totally not news, but it sure looks delicious. So you're looking at the meatloaf I, at I, Crystal. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I mean, okay, she's she's a heck of a good. Okay, over at CMT where you get uh, your news feed I from, do. Bill. Yep. Um, Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees and his wife Linda have sold Johnny and June Carter Cash's former home in Hendersonville, Tennessee, for two million dollars, according to the tennis Tennessee uh, the Tennessean Nashville's daily newspaper. I don't read the newspaper. I've got this thing right. called the internet. You know. 
Um, the Gibbs bought the 13,880 square foot home in Old Hickory Lake near Nashville in December of 2005. However, their plan to restore the property ended in 2007 when a preservative compound ignited and destroyed the home. Right. Uh, okay. Okay, th- this compound that's made to preserve a home. Now, now you tell me, Bill, if you're looking to preserve a pri- something that's priceless, right? Do do you coat it with a flammable substance? Well, it doesn't seem like you would. I don't. I'm trying to think what they were putting on there, creosote or something, I suppose. But I can't imagine uh, what they were painting that thing with that uh, went up in flames like that. But it's a shame. It's a really a shame. It was a historical monument out there in Hendersonville. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, what the story fails to mention here is how big the insurance payoff from that yeah. quote-unquote fire was. Yeah, and probably it was uh, well needed at the time. I know Barry hadn't had a hit in a long time, so. <laughs> <laughs> probably, no. probably, I don't know what the, the residual royalties are on some of that stuff from the Bee Gees, but uh, he probably, the money probably came in handy. I, you know what? I don't want to throw any accusations out here, so I'm just going to let that one sort of... Oh, no, we're not accusing Barry soak, of anything. Soak into the mind there. But, all right, moving along to Country Weekly. Carrie Underwood makes Time Magazine's list of 100 most influential people. Now, the article doesn't state how or why she was chosen. I mean, why would it? That would be called reporting and journalism. (laughs) We can't have that, can we? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, that's something. That that story in itself is uh, amazing. That's probably one of the 100 most amazing stories of the year. That could be. Yeah, the issue of Time Magazine has Beyonce on the cover wearing something skanky, while inside there's a picture of Carrie looking uh, nine kinds of squeaky clean like the Dove Girl or something, all, all like in white. Yeah. It's like yeah. the opposite. It's, yeah. it's like Betty and Veronica. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, Carrie likes to wear that white, though. That's kind of her common thing on stage a lot, too. That little flowing gown kind of deal. Yeah, I guess I've, I've yeah. seen her wear some pretty risque stuff, too. She does. Yeah, even the white thing she wears in concert a lot of times is cut pretty pretty high and pretty low. I've seen her in some corsets yeah. on some award yeah. shows. Huh? All right, over at Taste of Country, they've got a spotlight on Danielle Bradbury's new song, Young in America. Now, the title actually made me somewhat interested. If, if Normally, if a title is, you know, like a hot girls in the country or something stupid like that, I won't even listen to it. But, you know, the, the, the title somewhat drew me in, so I went and had to listen to it, hoping it wouldn't be a series of bad cliches. Well, may I recite to you the opening line of the song? Sure, yeah. Let's crank up the truck. Mm-hmm. Kick up some dust. Mm-hmm. Leave it all behind, just me and you, baby. Yep. That's country music today. Right there. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. On a scale of one to ten, I'm giving Daniel Bradbury's new song, Young in America, a booger. <laughs> and, uh, here, and here's it's a, a shame, too. She's really a talented kid, too. She, she's better than that. Too bad. I, I know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear something better than that. <laughs> Me, too. And here's a bizarre experiment they did over there. Um, over there at, uh, what were we talking about, Taste of Country? Mm-hmm. Um, they took a 45 RPM record of Dolly Parton's song, Jolene, and they slowed it down to 33 speed. Now, kids, ask someone older than 40 for an explanation of what I just said. And 
when they slowed it down, it sounded exactly like Tracy Chapman. It was freaky. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it sounded like like Tracy Chapman. I mean, wow. really, it was it was bizarre. But anyway, get over there and have a listen for yourself. Oh, we've got a we got a triple play from Taste of Country this week. They also have uh, the past year's country music death toll, which is a list of famous country stars who have died in the past year. But their list does not include Ray Price. Well, somebody really made a mistake then. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless Ray Price has risen from the dead. Not that I'm aware of. No, no, I don't think so. We don't have the Ray Price zombie roaming the, roaming the countryside at night? Haven't seen him on Walking Dead yet or anything like that. So no Ray Price zombie apocalypse yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, over at theboot.com, speaking of merchants, uh, well, actually, um, I'm going to take a more serious tone with this one because this the story I've got to bring you right now is, is absolutely no joking or laughing matter. Uh, John Brown, one of the two men who shot and killed the legendary Hee Haw star, which is why I'm, I'm wearing a Hee Haw shirt today uh, in honor of this story, um, star uh, David Stringbean Aikman. He shot him to death along with his wife in 1973. Well, uh, Mr. Brown is up for a parole review this uh, this past week. Um, uh, he murdered uh, the famous banjo player Stringbean as he entered his own home after an Opry performance, and then then the man chased Stringbean's wife down into the front yard as she tried to escape and shot her in the back of the head. Now, one member of the parole board has already flatly voted no on the option of parole for this man, while another member of the parole board, and get this, asked to re- the review to be continued until October while a psychological review is conducted. A psychological review? Are, are you kidding me? It's <laughs> really... You know, I don't know. How did, it's, it's hard to imagine what happens in American justice, isn't it? I, I mean, you might be able to make a really far out stretch, you know, that Stringbane showed up through through the door unexpectedly, surprised him, and he turned around and, and shot him. Maybe yeah. call it second degree. But then to chase his wife down in yeah. the front yard while she's trying to get away. Yeah, a little old lady, small small house out in the country out there. Uh, Grandpa Jones found them. He's he's actually the one who showed up on the scene first. Uh, Grandpa Jones over from the Opry. And uh, what a what a sad day that really was! Uh, all because they had heard that String kept uh, cash in his uh, house all the time. Now that's the uh, that is the one thing about this article that they did not touch on. They they they. I was really surprised that they didn't um, mention anything about the legend of the String being hidden fortune. Right. right. Which actually turned out to be true later. Decades later, they actually found all the money that he see Stringbean had a habit of keeping large amounts of cash in right. the front bib of his overalls right. the story That's goes right. and 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 he wasn't shy about showing it to people and then he he thought it was cute but it was actually very dangerous and he got warned about that many times and um, there the legend has that there was a very large stash of cash somewhere in that house and that was obviously what drew these men there and decades later, nobody had found it. But then decades later, I think it was like up in a chimney or something like yeah. that. And they found it, but the money had been deteriorated mm-hmm. so badly that none of it was negotiable. Right. It was just all little uh, corners and dust. But it was the string bean 
hidden fortune had been found. Yeah, he didn't. He came from that era that didn't. He didn't like banks and uh, entertainers, as uh, as you know, when they travel, uh, particularly on tour, they always get paid in cash, and it's always been problematic for entertainers uh, who tour, and they still get paid in cash because they have huge sums of cash on hand often. Uh, you know, usually when you book an entertainer, you, you, the way that they're booked, they get paid 50% at the time the contract's signed and the balance of the money when they show up for the date. And uh, they, But it always has to be in cash. They don't take cashier's checks or anything like that. Uh, I'm sure some of that's changed now. It'd be kind of hard to pay somebody a million dollars in cash. But uh, Yeah, I, you know, I would say... in those say, days, it was a few thousand dollars. But even even these days, like uh, mid-level performers will still do that in cash. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. These ten, twelve thousand dollar guys, you have to pay them in cash. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know uh, I, I, I used to uh, do a little side project with the uh, bass player from the band Wasp. And when, and he would tell me, and uh, you know that that was the way they did it. He'd come right. in with an armed guard. They'd put the money in a in a briefcase, and they'd handcuff it to the guy. And you know the armed guard would go yep. sit and sit in the bus, go sit in the bus throughout the show, sure, with with the money on him. That's how it worked. That's how it worked always. Still does. Okay, moving along to country standard time. They have a link to Black Prairie's new video for "Let It Out," which. Uh, was all shot in a taxidermy shop. We've really got a death theme going on here. And that was not that was not intentional. Okay. Now all I can say is that this song is great. The song is great. And I don't say that about many new country songs. I absolutely don't. It's a mix of country, rock, and Zydeco. That sounds cool, yeah. Maybe even a little punk, and it's really dark and twisted, and you've gotta see this. I mean easily the best video I've seen this year I, I need to send them a note and ask them if I can play this song because I like it so much. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give Black Prairie's Let It Out a solid 8. And the only reason it's not a 10 is because the music arrangement is a little predictable. So, you know, a lot, okay. a lot of, you know, I think that was fair. Okay, NashvilleGab.com. About the most interesting thing I found over at Nashville Gab this week was an audio clip of comedian George Lopez calling into the radio show The Barnyard and talking about his hanging and drinking with Merle Haggard, and also about the new upcoming Cheech and Chong movie, along with his personal thoughts about coating a rolling paper with sugar while making a joint. Yeah, that sounds like Haggard. <laughs> no, no, that, he's talking about uh, Cheech and Chong. Oh, Cheech, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, that's that's probably par for the course for those guys, right? He said that they're the only people he's ever met that, that coat rolling papers with sugar. Really? Because it makes it taste sweeter. Well, Tommy Chong's still pretty wacko. I mean, uh, he's pretty out there. You know, he he pops up on things from time to time, and he's still man. He he must still be hitting it the bong pretty hard. Yeah, well, he spent some time uh, t- some time in jail. For, yes, he did for the, the <laughs> right. for his bongs. He did indeed. Uh, over at CountryMusicIsLove.com, Carrie Underwood is one of three finalists up for the Milestone Award on the Billboard Music Awards this year. She's up against One Republic and Ellie Goulding. Now, the Milestone Award is a special award given to an innovative artist who has achieved a notable chart milestone over the past year. Okay, Bill, I'm going to need your help on this one. I have two questions on this. Okay. Okay. How, uh, and not taking anything, Carrie Underwood's an amazing artist, Mm -hmm. okay? But but how is she innovative? I, and I don't think she is innovative. Uh, So I'm not going to be able to help you with that one because to me that she's straight up uh, formula country right now. Well, that was going to be my second question. How is she country? <laughs> yeah, 
Well, she's straight up formula country right now. Oh, okay. uh, because country right now is not country. It's not country in the least, as a matter of fact. I, I'm I'm here trying to think, and I don't yeah. I don't think I can think of one song she's ever released that sounds country to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just that's just the influence. So unfortunately, of. Uh, of, of radio and uh, what's going on in country music these days. And I, I, a lot of these folks I know or have known or, or particularly knew early on in their careers, and that's really the sad part about them. I, and, you know, an awful lot of them really are, really are country artists, and they should be. And I, and Carrie's one, I can tell you, if you turned her loose, she'd sound like Loretta Lynn. She, she's just, that's the kind of artist she really is. Kelly Pickler, too, a great country singer, but they don't let them do it. Uh, they're pushing toward that pop edge, and you know, and it's just in those those predictable radio formula songs. Everything's just the same. So, yeah, it, I mean, I, I've got nothing against it. Everybody's got a everybody's got the bills to pay. So yeah, I dig it. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not country. Yeah. And that, so that's that's sort of my thing on my radio show on Backstage Nashville. I play a lot of indie music too, and a lot of classic country. So. Uh, you'll hear a lot of stuff from the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, in some 80s and early 90s even. Uh, you know, I'll play Tracy Bird and some of those guys occasionally. But, man, it's just anything after that is just really hard for me to play. There's some really sharp indie artists in Nashville right now, though, kind of pushing the edge of the envelope that I'm really digging because they're, they're, you know, you can't predict them. They're coming with this really cool stuff that is very country in its foundation. Now, now, have you noticed? Now, this has been my uh, m- m- what I've sort of been thinking is going on, but I'm not as well in tune to the industry as you are. I've been noticing that a lot of people who are d- trying to do something more original rather than the mainstream country thing, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the more country style artists right. are sort of uh, taking refuge under the genre of Americana. Oh, absolutely, and and that's kind of been the case since like the late '90s, early 2000, when this kind of transformation began to happen in Nashville, uh, and that's when you saw those guys like Steve Earle and some of uh, Marty Stewart and some of those guys sort of popping up under that Americana heading. Uh, and that's, that is exactly the truth. Uh, one of my good friends, Jesse Keith Whitley, who is uh, the son of Keith Whitley and Lori Morgan, grandson of George Morgan, uh, is very straightforward country. But I will tell you, he, he would not find any airplay on country radio. He's got to go to Americana Radio or the Internet to get airplay. Another good friend, Eric Lee Bedenfield, he has busted country radio a little. Uh, but, man, it's, it's been a tough haul for him. Now, our uh, last one on the news roll here is the 615, which is a subsection of Billboard. And they have a little blurb about the Marshall Tucker Band being honored on TV, uh, singing contests, American Idol, and also the voice by the contestants. There's nothing super interesting about the Marshall Tucker Band mentioned in this article, except that they're planning 140 shows this year. uh, And they are hard at work putting the finishing touches on a live recording from 1977. Which means they're just releasing old catalog instead of anything yeah. new, which a, a lot most classic bands do. Now, Bill, what I want to ask you, as the you know the Nash Vegas insider, is that is that um, you know why do all these old classic bands who are still active and really seem to really seem to shy away from releasing any new original material? And I guess the second part, specific to Marshall Tucker, is that I noticed uh, last year in this past year that. Marshall Tucker's name has been sort of name dropped in in the mainstream songs a whole lot as sort of the 
maybe I'm thinking a way to give the little street cred to the artist. Mm-hmm. But I've yeah. noticed a lot of them been dropping Marshall Tucker's name in, and that was a thing there for about five yeah. minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I hadn't thought about it actually, but now that you say it, I, it does strike me that way. I, I do recall hearing them around because I was actually, I told you I'm from South Georgia, I'm from just below Macon, Georgia, and I cut my music teeth at Capricorn. Back in the Almond Brothers days, and Skinner and Tucker and uh, Charlie Daniels came up and recorded. A lot of a lot of these guys cut there at Capricorn. I was just thinking about that '77 project. Was probably they probably didn't finish it about the time Capricorn somewhat folded, and because uh, uh, I think they were on there at Capricorn at that time. I don't remember if they were there on, or on Asylum, but it, in any event. Uh, just in that era when Southern Rock sort of fell apart, right? But man, what a great band. You ask why they're not cutting new material? Because they're not any good new material. The writers aren't writing great material. And the bands, these guys probably could come with something, but they're going to stick with that classic sound because that's what they can sell out on the road, right? That's what, when they go play a gig, that's what people expect to hear from them. You know, they want to hear those road songs, those old radio songs from the 70s and stuff that sounds like them. Well, there you go. And this has been your Country Music News. News, news, news. I got that part right. <laughs> I'll tell you. All right, not a good you. study, Emma. That's okay. All right, now we're going to, because we've been flapping our gums so much, we're going to play two songs in quick succession here. This is the Undercountry Music 1-2 Song Punch. And the first one is going to be courtesy of CDX Distribution and Creative Artists. Creative Arts Entertainment. Here's Brandon Allen with Different Way.
All right, that was uh, that was who the hell was that? <laughs> I lost my yeah. way. I do that a lot of times too. So don't. That's uh, my show has a lot of that in there. No, I, my show notes got away from me. That was Brandon yeah. Allen with Different Way. Yeah, peek behind the curtain. And now, courtesy of CDX as well, uh, and Melody Roundup Music, we got Clinton Gregory featuring Colin Ray doing a duet. Um, called Some Real Good People right here on the Undercountry Music 1-2 Song Punch. A young boy stares at an empty cupboard as his mama tries not to cry Hunger ain't no stranger this time of the month when the bank account's dry. Knock at the door, six bags of groceries show up right out of thin air. There's still some real good people out there. A homeless man stands on the corner, feet bleeding through sandals, falling apart. Winter's coming on, Lord, it won't be long Till he's fighting off the cold in the dark A car pulls up, a man gets out And says, I got some boots to spare There's still some real good people out there The six o'clock news will give you the blues Somebody's turning the crazies loose No doubt there's downright evil everywhere Changes your mind There's still some real good people out there A young boy enters a triathlon With a trailer hooked onto his bike So his handicapped brother could come along and see It's not about the race, it's the ride Together they see his disability As just another step in the stairs there's still some real good people out there Six o'clock news will give you the blues Somebody's turned the crazies loose No doubt there's downright evil everywhere But just when you think there's no hope in sight An act of kindness changes your mind There's still some real good people As his mama tries not to cry. All right. Well, that was the undercountry music one-two song punch. Now, uh, now, what what do you think of those two there? Yeah, absolutely great songs. It's, it's again, it's just great to hear the uh, uh, the indie artist. And you know, Clinton Gregory has been one of my favorite artists going back into the 1990s when he was on SOR uh, back in those days. And of course, Colin Ray just tried and tested and proven all the way around great great vocalist uh, just I just everything I, I just like it when these guys do things 
that uh, are, are truly independent when you when you know they're controlling the music and it's not they're not getting dictated what they've got to play. Yeah, you know, when I get on with C- CDX, normally the first five or six songs are the big artists and the big right. labels, right. and then towards the bottom of the list, I get more of the independent oh, releases. Yeah. yeah, when I was in terrestrial radio, we got a lot of new releases from CDX. So. Yeah, and that's a good good format there. Now, I want to tell people out there who might uh, be in the world of country music or um, you know, or have an independent country music band, or actually, you don't even have to be independent; just a little lesser known, you know, just you know, not all over the place. You know, I would, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you. Here's how to get on the show: contact me, drop me an email to undercountry at neil-smith.com, and that's undercountry at neil-smith.com. You can upload your music to musicalley.com, and that gives my show and other shows permission to play you without worrying about you uh, suing us. Um, if you want to spend a couple of bucks, cdx.com is a great place because that's a that is a resource that a lot of shows, and I think Bill's just backed me up on that look. Absolutely, yeah. And I'd say that'd probably be a, a few bucks very well spent Absolutely. to get your music out there. So got my friends over at cyberpr.biz. Not only uh, will they, you know, get your music out, but, you know, they also will teach you a whole lot about social media and handle a lot of the PR side of things. And I'm not sure if I'm leaving anything out, but, you know, there you go. There's some good resources. And here's how to get on the show. No, here's how to get the show. I just told you how to get on the show. I told you. It's these pork rinds. <laughs> Wait a minute. If I'm going to go over the edge, I may as well be eating a pork rind. All right. Here's how to get the show. The way I appreciate the most is iTunes. Go to iTunes uh, Podcasts and search for Undercountry Music Podcast. The button will be right there. Click subscribe. And that's the best way. And if you could leave a couple um, sentences there about what you think about the show, good or bad, uh, it would be very helpful to me. Great reason to do it that way is because probably in the next month or so, the RSS feed for this show is going to change because I'm, I'm changing a couple things with the hosting and things like that. So it'll should all be seamless to you if you get it through iTunes. Uh, another great way, Stitcher Smart Radio app. Music Road Radio, which is musicroadentertainment.com, and not only this show, but a lot of other great country shows over there. And last but not least, theindieauthority.com. And uh, every Wednesday at The Indie Authority, this show you're listening to right, right here is edited to 60 minutes and put out there uh, live as a live stream, but it's pre recorded. And I'll tell you why that why you still want to go over there. On Wednesdays at 3 Eastern, 2 Central, noon Pacific. And the reason you want to go over there is because I hang out in the chat room and you can interact with me and, and give me your thoughts and tell me how I can uh, make the show better or um, you can throw tomatoes at me. Anyway, that's, uh, that's all the, uh, the laundry list there. Bill Lord. Um, Bill Lord of the Nash Vegas Insider. He's also got a couple of his own radio shows, and and it lurks around backstage at the Opry, creeping people out. Yeah, sometimes that's true. <laughs> sometimes that's true. 
right. Now, how do people get in touch with you, Bill? And and what would they get in touch with you about? I mean, you offer all kinds of media services for we people, do. correct? Yeah, sure we do. And uh, they can certainly go to our, our sites, uh, NashVegasInsider.com. NashVegasInsider.com is a good place to get some country music news down from CMT, some general news about Nashville and what's going on. We're not really a news site, but we do offer some RSS news feeds in there just so fe- folks can keep up. Um, we're pretty much a feature site, so you'll read about things happening. It's fixing to be a really busy summer, so you're going to get to see what's going on in Nashville. Also on our page, you can go see the uh, updated uh, updated in real time tour, uh, the tour schedules for the about 110 top touring artists in the market out there. Uh, so you can go right there and click on tour schedules, and it'll take you to the page, and you can pull up the, every artist pretty much in the market's tour schedule, and you can buy tickets on the front page, ABC Tickets. Click on that, and it'll take you, you can buy uh, tickets for sporting events and concerts nationwide. Love to have you do that. You can reach me at Bill at NashVegasMediaGroup.com. Uh, we offer some web services, social uh, media marketing services, as well as website development. Uh, we do audio and video production projects as well. Uh, and uh, Or if you have news or something interesting that you think we ought to have in the Nash Vegas Insider, send it to me. We'll certainly take a look at it. love to uh, take a look at your news. If you're an indie artist and you got music, send it to me to listen to. I'd love to do that, and I may do a cutting-edge of country feature on you. Well, cool. And and just so you know, he has a gun to my head right now to buy media services from him for the right. show. No, I've got him <laughs> held down here right here. All right. Yeah, and I do two radio shows a week and uh, on on an internet station. So I don't know if you are okay to say that or no, not. No, no, absolutely. absolutely. I'm I'm so, independent here. Okay, cool. I'm, I'd love you to love you to join me Thursday afternoon for Backstage Nashville at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast, and you can get that at claiscountry.com. Clayscountry.com, the Old Country Church, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, 6 a.m. on the West Coast. And you can hear some great uh, country and southern gospel music for an hour. Wow. Who the heck is waking up at 6 a.m.? <laughs> oh, I have a lot of West Coast listeners, actually. I, I actually do. Uh, yesterday when I did Backstage Nashville, I had listeners in 127 countries. Probably listening while they get ready for church. They do. That, a lot of my Sunday morning folks listen while they're getting ready for church. Yeah, I've got a big listenership in Asia, particularly on my Backstage Nashville. They love Nashville. And I play a lot of classic country, so they love that. And so I have a big listenership in, uh, in Japan right now, in Korea. Well, nice. Well, Bill, I really want to thank you for uh, not only taking your time out to be on the show with me this week, but I mean for driving over here and and sitting in the sitting in this dark junky room with me. And <laughs> that's the way I like to do it. This I like is, to do it live. I don't like to phone it in. This is this is it's. I got to tell you, it's always better in person. I mean, I I get I get, you know I do it over the phone all the time. Uh, but I got to tell you, there is nothing like just sitting down face to face. There's a there's an ambience about it that you know you, oh, just, yeah. you just can't Absolutely. get over the phone. Yeah. Now we're gonna send the show out with a song by a guy named Riley Etheridge Jr. and he's featuring a singer named Sarah Watkins. Have you heard of Sarah Watkins? Sarah Watkins. I don't know. I mean, the name's a little familiar, but who knows? I've it, heard it, a lot of names in my life. It's one of those names, but now I don't know who she is either. But uh, funny thing is that I've been noticing her name pop up on a whole bunch of indie releases um, as, you know, this person featuring Sarah Watkins oh, really? a, as as a duetist. Cool. So apparently she's getting around to a lot of independent country and going around and duetting with people, cool. which is which is kind of weird but neat. Yeah. 
okay. She's like a professional duettist. Well, I guess there's something to be said for girls to go around and do it with everybody. <laughs> there certainly is. <laughs> All right. Anyway, she sounds great to me, but I'll let you be the judge. Here's Riley and Sarah, courtesy of Music Alley, with Another Time, Another Place. And, uh, you know, come on back here next week. It'll be the same time, the same place, because it's the internet. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> you don't have to schedule it unless you come hang out with me on theindieauthority.com. Anyway, Bill, thank you so much for taking your time thank with you, me today. Man. And uh, you know how I should let you know how I already know you don't know how we send out the show, but I'll just tell you and then I'll edit out the part where I told you. Okay. <laughs> we say stay under, stay country. Count of three. One, two, three. Stay under, stay country. All we know, all we offer What we have, what we make Face the risk, opt for comfort didn't take But every now And then I feel we're close enough that I can say Sometimes I feel that we should go our separate ways Love another time Another place Love another time Love another time 
Thanks for listening.